0: Good morning, everyone. Let's uh, go ahead and get started with our class this morning. Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you that we can be in a Sunday school class and that there are Sunday school classes throughout this building where the Word of God goes forth. We thank you that we have teachers that are committed to the Word, that are leading students. We thank you that people come into this building carrying their Bibles, understanding that... This is the book we're going to look at, and this book matters, and it's authoritative. And, Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God who lives inside of us and who teaches us and who opens up our eyes and illumines the Word that we might understand it and grab it and embrace it and that it might impact us. So, Father, we thank you that as we are here, we know that you are doing great work. And we thank you for that, and we look forward to seeing you and learning more about you this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we looked at Ephesians chapter one, and um, we looked at the whole concept of who we are in Christ. We're going to continue that general idea today, and and but what we're going to do today is and this is one of those full disclosure type things that uh, I went to the internet and downloaded pieces of paper. <laughs> All right, so that's that's what I did for this today. Um, uh, and, and what I did was I went to a site that talks about um, all of the different things of who we are in Christ. And so um, we're going to go through a bunch of those today. So we looked at Ephesians 1 and we saw the significance of that particular chapter and all that God has done. Now what we wanted, what I wanted to do is I wanted to say, okay, now let's just look at a handful of verses throughout the New Testament that teach that. And the easiest way was just to go and get a list and and then we're going to pick and choose some of these, and, and um, we'll wander through, um, uh, through the Bible. And the way that this is, a, 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 is done is that, is that we pretty much will go straight through the New Testament here, is what we're going to be doing, and looking at a handful of verses. So um, that's what's going to go on, so be ready, and, and, and away we go. We'll read them, we'll comment on them, and hopefully it will take what we did last week, and it will just confirm again and reinforce even more so. Look who I am in Christ. Look what God has done for me. And as we we walk away then from this place, and as we walk into the world to do what we need to do, we find ourselves hopefully serving Him in a greater way, loving Him more, and we find ourselves a little bit more um, able to deal with life, not because life is different but because we recognize who we are. And that's the point of doing one of these studies like this. So let's start in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Okay? Matthew chapter 5. These are a bunch of things that talk about who we are because we are now in Christ. And so it expands what Ephesians has done in a, in a tremendous way here. All right? So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. The city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp or put it under a basket, but on the lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that... They may see your good works and glorify, your, excuse me, and glorify your Father in heaven. All right, so we're the salt of the of the earth and we're the light of the world. What does that mean, in essence, those two things? Just real quick. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, it's basic. it's a part of everything, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep, salt will irritate a wound. Both of them make good things better. That, that's well put. Both of them make good things better. I like that. Salt and light. Both of them make good things better. I like that. It also preserves. That's exactly right. Well, we're the agents on behalf of God for that. Isn't that cool? And so what we're going to see are a lot of these things are some of the things that God has said, I have done this in you. Now you go out and you do some things, okay? How about let's go to... Um, Uh, Let's go to Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, and verses 9 and 10. Some things about who we are and the life that we live now. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. He's been talking about prayer. He's been talking about the relationship that the disciples have with their father. And he says this. verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now he talks about this in other portions of the Gospels as well, but the neat thing about this is that God is in effect saying to those who belong to him what? Ask him for anything. Okay, anything. He's And so expand upon that a little bit. What's he saying to us that that is so cool? Ask is a good thing. I like that very much. He wants to be involved in the little things. God wants to be involved in your life. That's a good thing, isn't it? Okay? And here's something else that's important from a verse like this, is that God has not put us on this earth to flounder without answers. Okay? God has not put us in a situation where we have to throw up our hands and say I don't know okay God has given us answers and we need to seek them we need to ask him about them and we need to go into the word of God and one of the things that it talks about in James is as you're going through trials and difficulties the verse at the end of that says that you should ask God for wisdom That's exactly right because God is a God who says I want to help you out I want to give you the wisdom. I want to give you the knowledge. I want to give you what you need as you deal with life. And the Word of God is going to help us with that. And, and wisdom is an important part of that because sometimes he doesn't give us the answer we want, but he gives us the ability to deal with what we have and understand the bigger picture. That's wisdom. okay? And so that's part of who we are, certainly, in life. First, uh, go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. John chapter 3 in verse number 36 we'll do quite a few in John it's a fun book with these kinds of things John chapter 3 verse 36 he who believes in the son has eternal life but he who does not obey the son will not see life but the wrath of God abides on him so the thing that we learn about us is what here the wrath of God doesn't abide on us that's a good thing is it not I mean honestly that's really good news and then the other side of that is we have eternal life. We have eternal life, and those two things should really matter as we deal with life and the ins and outs of life, right? We have eternal life, and the wrath of God is not on us because of Jesus Christ. Those are significant things that ought to absolutely do some neat things. How about let's go to um, John seven thirty eight. John seven thirty eight. It says this in John 7, 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so what is it that we learn here? As believers, we what? We have what? The Spirit. And the Spirit is described in that previous verse as what? Living water. That's how the Spirit is described, as living water. So we have the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is, is, is living water. From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he is speaking of the Holy Spirit. Well, now, what do you picture when you picture rivers of living water? A mountain stream. But is it a trickle? No, it's flowing, it's, it's going, it's, it's doing its thing, right? It's inviting because it looks so beautiful and it's able to do some neat things, right? That's us. It's eternal, exactly. Yes? Very good, living is purifying. Yep, strength. All sorts of neat things. Yeah, absolutely. That's in us because of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to chapter 8, and we'll go to verse 31. It says in chapter eight thirty-one. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So here's a neat thing about being a believer is tell me a couple of them. We're free and the big freedom that we have is what? We're able to understand the scriptures certainly very good. What else? We're not, we're not slaves to sin, we're free slaves to sin, excuse me. We're free from the burden of sin. That's exactly right. We're able to understand the scriptures. And 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 there's an interesting thing here that it, it talks about at the beginning of verse 31. He says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Be in the word. That's right, be in the word. That's, that's being a disciple of Jesus Christ, okay? That, that's what we need. That's our call, isn't it? That that's what we need to do. And we can do that because we have this amazing, amazing God. All right, how about let's go to John chapter 14, verse 27. It says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. What do we have as believers? What is ours? Peace. What is peace? Define peace for me. Okay? God gives it, but define it. Okay? That's an aspect of it. It would be a different perception on the world, and we need to include lack of worry, angst, other words, conflict, fear. Yeah, peace is a lack of things, okay, because you have this thing called peace that rules in your life. And it says that the peace that you have as a believer is something that you do not have to manufacture because... He gives it. So go back to the previous verse, and it says, not in here, the previous verse we talked about, it says that if we, if we continue in his word, we'll find that we are disciples. We are following him well. We are learners of Jesus Christ. And then he says, my peace I give you, that you might be able to deal with life. So the two must be somehow tied together there, don't you think? If I have a lack of peace in my life, is it because God took it away from me? Certainly not, right? It is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's that I'm not, I'm not accessing it. I'm not resting in it. I'm not, there's some other things going on in my life, huh? But we have peace. And, and listen, <clears throat> there's a lot of troubling things in this world, aren't there? A lot of troubling things. So read the news or watch the news or pay attention to what's going on in the world and you can be all up in arms about things that are going on, right? You can have this, this, this thing going on inside of you because, man, life is not a pleasant place it seems like and there's all sorts of things that, that either are real or perceived that are going to just, you know, create horrible consequences. Well, we as Christians have a beautiful thing called peace to deal with that. And that's a good thing, is it not? I heard a teacher different way than I know about He said it's kind Yeah. And he said it's actually meant to be that you know you are in exactly the right place, at the right time, right prepared, prepare, and you have that peaceful confidence. There you go. Yeah, that's well put. That you are in the right place at the right time, and you have that peaceful confidence to do whatever needs to be done whatever, as it, whatever comes your way that, and that's well put, that's exactly right it's the idea of being in the eye of the hor- or hurricane or tornado type thing is it all around me but I'm where I belong and I'm okay with that that's exactly right yeah, when we see things we should understand that God is at work exactly right that's right things seem to be falling apart but they might be falling into place that's a good phrase hey let's go to John 15 9 and this is a basic one but it's an important one okay and you read this throughout scripture over and over again in John 15 9 it says just as the father has loved me I have also loved you abide in my love Now, this is pretty significant because Jesus said he didn't simply say, I love you, in this particular passage. He didn't simply utter the words, I love you, and move on. What he said was, as the Father has loved me, I love you. That takes that love to another level, right? I mean, His love from the Father was overwhelming, and we understand that, and we see that in different places regularly. As the Father's loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Stay in my love, okay? Hang in there with me. You are loved. And, and, And this love thing is so amazing that later on, we read in one of Paul's prayers, he says he prayed that we might what? Understand the depth. And the height and the breadth and the width of God's love. And, and, he, and he prayed that we would get it. And yet then he said, but it's the kind of love that is really ununderstandable. It's so great. Okay? And we, we talked about this at the very beginning of our lesson last week. But that's a pretty good thing just to believe and to know that we belong to God and that, that He is ours. Turn to 17, which is the prayer of Jesus. And there's a lot of things in there. We're just going to look at a couple of them, maybe just one, in fact. It says in 1717, actually, let's back up. Let's go to 173, please. 173. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Okay? So what is eternal life, then? To know God. God. That's what it is, to know God. Why is that significant? Because we need to make sure that we are never in the mindset of thinking that I begin eternal life when I die. Okay, You are in the midst of eternal life right now. Okay, Right in this moment. He has asked you to be living in this life on this earth, doing the things he's asked you to do, but he has said you're in the midst of eternal life right now because eternal life is to know Jesus Christ, the only true God. Okay, That's who it is. That's what eternal life is. And so you're in the midst of it right now, and now your um, location will change one day, right? But your eternal life is part of that. And so we we have used terminology for so long that we tend sometimes to think that when I die, I begin an eternal life. And that's not a good way to approach life, right? It's way better to understand I'm in eternal life right now. I am serving God right now. I am doing important, significant things right now. God is taking care of me right now. He's walking me, and eventually he's going to ask me to do something else somewhere else. I'm in the midst of eternal life. So you have eternal life, okay? You have it right now. That's an incredibly wonderful thing. Let's, uh, let's jump on over to verse number um, 9. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but those whom you gave me, for they are yours, you gave me some. I'm asking. Jesus prayed for you. Chapter 17 of John is a good chapter to read. He prayed for you and he prayed for those that belong to him. That's you. Okay? You belong to Jesus. That is an awesome, awesome, remarkable, fantastic thing. Look uh, down at verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. God has provided a way for your sanctification process, for you to grow and to become like him and to move forward and that sanctification process is through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that is an amazing wonderful thing alright we have a lot of different cool things that we can look at uh, when it comes to Acts and it talks about new life and salvation and all of that but let's skip over Acts and let's go to the book of Romans and let's look at some from Romans chapter 1 This is a, we'll remind you a little bit about Ephesians 1 when he begins this here. Um, He says, let's start, well, let's just start at verse 1 and read through verse 7. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. Concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power and power, by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all of that is just telling us who it is that we believe in and who it is that is providing the power in our life. Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake. Among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. We saw that in Ephesians. We're called by God. That That should hopefully matter to you that you're called by God that he made it clear that you belong to him he did that verse 7 to all who are beloved of God beloved of God okay now I think we talked about this last week with Ephesians Um, hopefully we did I can't remember quite honestly whether I touched this or not but uh, yeah, yeah we did talk about this that God loves the world but God loves believers in a unique way okay God does love the world. God does love humanity. And he shows his love and grace all the time. But with believers, there's a special love. And you who are in the beloved of God, you have that special love that God has cast upon you. Call the saints. We saw that. Grace to you and peace from our God and our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have grace and peace. And it is an amazing, wonderful thing. Jump over to chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in the hope and the glory of God. So we have been justified by faith. Justified. A legal term, a legal phrase that, that is found in the scriptures that means that, that you, the easiest way to do justification is just as if you've never sinned. It's, it's so simple, one of those things. Just You've been justified. You've been made just by Jesus Christ. Not by anything you've done. His declaration, his death on the cross, he has said you're justified, Okay. You will not face the wrath of God because of that. We have that peace with God again through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says that we have obtained this introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. We stand in grace. You stand in grace. You do not need, for those who stand in grace, we do not need to be afraid of the wrath of God. Now, we should be bothered if we disappoint God. We should be bothered if we fail to obey God. We should be bothered if we're not doing the things that we're called to do. But we do not need to worry about, be, we don't need to be afraid of the wrath of God in our lives. Okay? And that's a big deal. We don't need to live by fear. All right? That's an important thing. And then it talks about our tribulations and, and, and how God works in our tribulations. And, and let's go ahead and do this here because it's a, pretty neat thing not only that but we also exalt in our tribulations which is you know amazing thing that Paul would say that hey our tribulations are working in good ways for us knowing that tribulation brings about here are the following things perseverance and then perseverance is bringing about proven character and proven character is bringing about hope and hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us okay now take that boil it down as succinctly as you possibly can and 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 tell us then what it is that, what it is that we as believers have that make us special when it comes to life we have hope absolutely trust that God has everything under control absolutely we have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. There's meaning and purpose in every single thing. I like that. That's where I was headed. There's meaning and purpose in every single thing, even the bad things. Look what God is doing. Isn't that amazing, the life that you've been given? Is that because of the Holy Spirit, because of the hope, because of what he's done for us, he says as you go through life, and even as you go through those things that we would call tribulations... You can recognize that because the Holy Spirit is in you, because you belong to God, those tribulations are working in your life to accomplish some pretty cool things. Wow. That's really good. There's purpose in life. There's purpose in all of the little things in life. Okay? And keep in mind, keep in mind that he is doing this because we live in a Genesis 3 world. Okay? When we, when we leave this place and we go to that perfect world, this verse will not apply, right? We will not be in a place where tribulations come, but he's doing that in a Genesis 3 world. He has said that this world, which is caught up in, the, in that sin environment, he says, we as believers then are going to transcend our environment for the glory of God through his power. What an amazing concept that is. Oh, that that would be our life on a regular basis, Right? There was a hand over here. Yeah, yeah, Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's absolutely, that's how life is right there. Yes. We're aliens, yeah. And this is a foreign thing here, but look what he's done for us. And then notice the middle of verse 5, a pretty nifty little phrase here. It says, hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been what? Poured out. Have you noticed that God uses words like that a lot? That the Bible has a lot of adjectives. The Bible has a lot of descriptive words that say, let me help you understand the depth of God and how much he loves and cares for you, okay? It's poured out on you. It's not trickled. It's, not a, it's poured out on you, okay? You're, you're, it's that waterfall that is gushing over on top of you, and you cannot capture it all. That is God's love for you. Yes, That is exactly right. It's the biblical, uh, the biblical hope is a promise. That is, exactly, that is exactly right. That is exactly right. All right. Let's go over to chapter 6. And chapter 6 is an amazing chapter with so many things in it. You know this. It says in verse 2, How shall we who died to sin still live in it? That describes you. As much as The things we looked at last week in Ephesians 1 describe you. This describes you as well. All right? Let me make sure. As much as the things that we looked at last week in Ephesians 1 describe you, this describes you as well. The Bible says that there are certain things that have happened because we're believers. We've died to sin. Okay? Okay? Now what that means is, and we we captured this phrase when we did our our Sunday night Bible study with Romans, what that means is we don't have to. Okay? We don't have to. All right? An unbeliever sins because they're controlled by sin. In effect, they have to. That's, That's their nature. That's who they are. Unbelievers don't have to. Why? Because God has done this amazing work in us, and we've died to sin. Okay? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the amazing ability. You don't have to. All right? That's, that's a promise from God. All right? He, he goes on, and he talks about this, that we looked at it last week when we did the baptism, that we've been baptized into Christ Jesus. We've been baptized into his death. We've been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. You have died and been buried and been raised to new life. That's the mark that is upon you as a believer. That's who you are, okay? That's a neat thing with this kind of doing this and and reading some of these verses with the idea of who I am. That's who you are. This is exactly what God has done to you. All right? Chapter 6, verse 6, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Again, we don't have to. We're moving on with that. We get to have a, a, a whole other approach to life. Verse 14, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And so we have this thing that it's not our master, but we're under grace now. That's a whole other ball game. 6.18, having been freed from sin, we are now slaves of righteousness because of what God has done for us. He has changed everything for us. And then go to chapter 8, and it says in verse 1, there's now no condemnation for those that live in Christ Jesus Christ. And that is just an amazing, wonderful thing. No condemnation. For those that belong to Jesus Christ. Let's skip to 1 Corinthians. And it says in verse 2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with whom, uh, with all who in every place call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Saints by calling. Okay, we've been sanctified in Christ Jesus and we've been called saints we looked at that last week that's who we are that is a great thing to reflect upon and to understand that now let's go to to, um in chapter one go down just a little bit here and it will begin verse four i thank my god always concerning you for the grace of god which was given to you in christ jesus that in everything you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge even as the testimony concerning christ was confirmed in you so that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm to you the end, blameless, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, there's some cool things in here. It says that that we have this grace of God which was given to us in Christ Jesus. It says in verse 5, that in everything you were enriched in Him. Okay? Enriched in Him. Okay? You before you're saved are you the the personalities that you have now are still the personalities that you had then by and large you're, you know that that God doesn't doesn't change your personality God changes you in a lot of different areas but you you're still you but what it says here is after you're saved is an amazing thing happens and that you are enriched in him you're enriched in God when you're saved okay what does that mean exactly that means that God takes common people and by the power of the Holy Spirit does uncommon things with them. That's what it means. Okay? You were enriched in Him in all speech and in knowledge even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you. Verse 7. So that you are not lacking in any gift. You're able to do the things that God has asked you to do. Okay? As a believer, you are indeed special God has enriched you God has equipped you God has said you are able to do it okay one of the problems that we have as believers sometimes is we think that because my personality before I was saved and what I've experienced to be my personality since I'm saved is that I'm just not able to do those things and you need to look at verses like this and say but in the spiritual realm for spiritual work God has equipped me, enriched me, given me gifts so that he might shine through me for his glory. That's what this is saying. God has done that for you. And every single person that's in here who has ever stepped out in any way, shape, or form will say that's exactly the truth. That's exactly what God does. I can't explain it to you fully. I can't make it make sense. But what I can tell you is, I never thought that I could or would, and then all of a sudden this thought comes into me because I'm challenged to do this and there's a need, and I did it, and I look back and I say, I don't know how that works, but look what happened. Every person in here can probably say that. That's a pretty neat thing. That's who we are in Christ. Okay, It's a remarkable, remarkable thing that God has done for us, okay? Do chapter 1, verse 30 then. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and and redemption. So that just it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord, okay? So tie that in with what we just looked at and understand that what's happening then is because we have become we have this great wisdom because we've been made righteous because we've been sanctified because we've been redeemed because we've been enriched because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit we're able to accomplish things that we never thought we would accomplish and so verse 31 is incredibly important so that as it is written let him who boasts boast in the Lord look what God did in my life that's what we do look what God did in my life I didn't know you could do something like that you know really it's the power of God (laughs) that's the answer I didn't know you could do that It's the power of God God equipped me for that I just want to tell you that I really didn't know I could do it either God empowered me for that God equipped me God did that through me Okay, That's what's supposed to happen When we do those things And people say wow We need to agree with them And say yeah wow Look what God did Isn't that something Okay, That's who you are in Christ Isn't that cool Good, good point that Ted just said that as you go through 1 Corinthians they were messed up right 1 Corinthians is a book that is written to the church correcting all of their woes all of their problems and yet Ted is saying that, that who they were in their behavior didn't, it didn't affect who they were in Christ one bit that's, Paul said declared this about them and then he went on to say now you should fix this and you should fix that and don't do that and so on and so forth that's exactly right Okay, that's a pretty neat thing That's a great thing, all right? Chapter 2, it continues this just a little bit. I want to look at um, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, The Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Listen, we all have this problem these days, it seems like, where we are so hung up in knowing what is going on in the world that we spend all of our time there, and the Bible says that we have not received the Spirit of the world but we have received the Spirit who is from God. I mean, it, it is, it is, it is a, a fact of life that, that we, we spend a lot of time on our phones checking things of the world. Well, it's just what we do. Well, we need to check ourselves and say, you know what, why am I spending so much time with the Spirit of the world? That's not who I am. And maybe because I'm spending so much time with the Spirit of the world, maybe that's why I have this angst in me because I'm, I'm reading all these things, you know? I mean, a, a, have you noticed that, that, that the problem in the world today is, is, is that we know too much about too many things, about too many places too quickly? It's a mess, right? And so we, we, we find these things out, and all of a sudden we, we are then, we're in the spirit of the world. And that's not necessarily a good place to be, right? But the spirit of who is from God he has been given to us so that we may know the things freely given to us by God we need to be in the spirit of God we need to be in his world a little bit more okay? because that's what he has done for us and that is an amazing amazing remarkable thing go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 19 and 20 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Greatest verse. One of the greatest verses in all the New Testament. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Okay? Your body is 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 the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body. There it is. You. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You do not need to come to a place like this or any other fancy, remarkable building around the world in order to find God. God doesn't live in temples built with hands. God lives in the hearts and the lives of people. Okay, And the Bible says that, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And then it goes on, it says, and you are not your own. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. For you've been bought with a price. What is that price? Well, the price is the Holy Spirit. Or excuse me, the price is Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. You have been bought with a price, it says. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And so the final phrase of that is, therefore, glorify God in your body. Therefore, because of that, glorify God in your body. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I love this. It was you know when I hear, heard a thing about this years ago it was and it was read or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God and you are not your own you've been bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body what are you doing with his body what are you doing with God's body it's God's possession what are you doing with it then and that's the question that we need to ask ourselves on a regular basis what is it that we are doing with God's body go to Galatians we're going to wrap up here pretty quickly Galatians chapter 2 you know this one verse 20 Galatians two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me So the life that you live is not your life any longer, as we just looked at in 1 Corinthians. It is is Christ, and he has done this thing for you. You've been crucified. You're no longer to live. Christ lives in me. That never stops. Christ lives in me. Okay? He lives in me all the time and forever, always. I need to keep that in mind as I live this life, don't I? Christ lives in me. And every once in a while, I need to stop and I need to think, all right, what's going on? What's going on with me right now? What's, what am I doing? What choices am I making that is affecting Christ who lives in me? All right, what's going on with that? We'll go over to uh, Galatians chapter 4, or chapter 5, excuse me. And you know these verses also, that part of, part of what has gone on, part of what, Part of what has gone on in our life is that we have the Holy Spirit and so we're special. And so it says in verse 22 of Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. So this is what God has done for us is he has, he has said, here you go, I want to do this for you, all right? I, I, ha- I have for only the third time in all of the years that I own the property that I have lived on for only the third time in all those years I can tell you for absolutely for certain that I have an apricot tree on my property (laughs) because for only the third time in all the years that I've lived there it actually has apricots on it and for the first time ever it has more apricots than I can count okay so finally my tree has done what an apricot tree is supposed to do which is produce apricot well if it's not producing apricots every year then what's the point of having an apricot tree if I really liked apricots I'd be disappointed every year wouldn't I it's an apricot tree produce apricots alright well you are a believer and the fruit of the spirit who lives inside of you is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control you wonder if people are hanging around us waiting for us to produce something that Christians are supposed to produce Maybe it's in our homes. Maybe it's in the workplace. Maybe it's in the community. I don't know. But wouldn't that be a sad thing if people are looking at us and saying, look, there's some kindness there. I didn't know that person produced kindness ever. That's kind of unusual for that person. There's some joy with that person. (laughs) (laughs) That strikes me as odd. I don't see that very often with that person. What a tragic thing that they're not really sure what kind of tree we may be or who we are because we are not Allowing the Spirit of God to shine through us to such a degree that these things are being produced. Okay? You're a Christian, and God has given you these things, and He says, These are yours. Okay? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Do a few more of them here, real quick. Chapter 2, verse 5. We'll start with verse 4. But God. Cool. Cool little phrase, right? But God. We had all of these issues. And then God intervened, it says. But God, it says, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trust transgressions. He made us alive together with Christ. One of the things that is happening with you is you've been made alive together with Christ. By His grace you've been saved. You've been raised up with Him. You've been seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ so that you might show the surpassing riches, so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He's done all of this so that at the end of the ages He's able to say, that's love. Look what I did for these folks. Okay? That we might shine For him that we might be that amazing person in verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith so we've talked about that it's our salvation not of yourselves it's the gift of god look what god has done for you and then it says not as a result of works, so that no one may boast but verse 10 is the one we want for we're his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if every morning when you woke up, you, you sat up and you put your glasses on and you reached to the, to the bedside table and you grabbed a piece of paper and it was the memo from God and he said, here are the good works that are prepared for you today. Wouldn't that be a cool thing? Well, he might have done that. <laughs> it, it, it could be the Bible. And then he said, here it is and this is what you're supposed to do and here's how you should live and, and do your thing. Here's the thing, and this goes back to the whole thing about the, the tribulations your life matters and what you do matters and the little things in your life are incredibly significant we're going to turn the page next week and go a different direction but what I would like you to do is as you read the word for the next little while the next handful of days weeks so on and so forth read it with this in mind look for verses look for phrases look for the truths look for the the, the times when God says, this is what I've done for you. This is who I've made you. This is a blessing of being a believer. This is a gift for the beloved. And just read the Bible with a little of that in mind and, and kind of ponder that and, 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 and think about some of those things that, that, that God has done for you. And hopefully that will just draw us to the point where we are overwhelmed with who we are in Christ. Good place to be. Father, thanks for our time. Thanks for the Word of God. We thank you for your truth and, and for your grace. And we just pray, Lord, that, that you would fill us with yourself and that we would understand this truth and that we would just uh, cherish it. And that Father, that we would, as we read the Word of God, that we would see very clearly who we are and that we would hold on to those things in this troubling world. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for taking these things as we pray and giving us um, a transformational calmness that comes from you. Thank you for redeeming us and transforming us and making us alive in Christ for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name.